the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Prayers Heard in Heaven. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another that we may be healed and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The only way to walk in great power through prayer is to make God our number one priority. When God takes first place in our life over food, over people, over things of this world, we begin laying down our life to serve Him. When we become passionate about God, it looks as though He becomes passionate about us. However, the truth is, from the beginning, He has been pursuing our love. The title of our lesson today is Return to the Passion. The key to the power walk with God is passion, passionate love, and there is no other way. And here's the proof. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now that's true passion. So what do you believe will get God's attention? What will cause a mighty move of God's hand on your behalf? John fifteen thirteen. greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And this scripture is often mentioned with a key word, self-sacrifice. Love causes one to do strange things. Love is the most magnificent dynamic force in the heavens and the earth. And God is a magnificent lover. First John fourteen sixteen, And we have known and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Love binds one to another. Through the power of love, one can cast out demons into darkness and shatter demonic strongholds, cast sickness out, and destroy snares and traps of the enemy. If anyone does not know how to love, don't tell me that they know God, because I'll never believe it. God is love, and love is great power. Love causes one to forgive. We have no choice but to forgive. If we do not forgive, our prayers become weak and ineffective. Jesus walked in a state of forgiveness. Acts ten thirty eight. God had anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus was and is 
full of love. Jesus launched the greatest ministry the world has ever known after 40 days of fasting and prayer. We're in a season of fasting. The Bible says with all kinds of prayer and supplication, make your request known unto God. I hear what you're saying. You know, you're asking, so what is supplication, Valerie? Many have that question. Simply stated, supplication is the asking part of your prayer. What are you asking God to do? The disciples had a compelling question. And they said to Jesus, what must we do that we might work the mighty works of God? This must be the burning desire of our heart. Prayer rules over every circumstance we face. If we look at the life of Jesus, maybe then we'll know what we must do to work the mighty works of God. Jesus faced every situation in prayer. He prayed at his baptism. Luke 31, Jesus prayed regular time of withdrawal from the crowds. Luke 5, 16, Jesus prayed after healing people in the evening. Mark 1, 35, Jesus prayed before walking on water. Matthew 14, 23, Jesus prayed before choosing the 12 disciples. The Bible says that Jesus prayed all night long. Luke 6 and 12. Before Peter's confession, Jesus prayed. After the transfiguration, he prayed. Before teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer, Luke 11, 1. Jesus prayed for Peter's faith, Luke 22 and 32. I think you're getting my point. Jesus prayed before the feeding miracles, and he prayed at the Last Supper. With all kinds of prayer and supplication, making our requests known unto God. Now, we've talked about the immutable law of prayer and another message. We discovered prayer is based on the law written in Matthew 7, 7. And the title of our message today is Return to the Passion. Matthew 7, 7 tells us a law of prayer. And it shows us that this law, because it is the word of God, this law is changeless. It's constant. It's stable, it's steadfast, unchanging, unvarying. The law is immutable. Why? Because it's given by God and he does not change. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. This week, the center of our fast is on the Holy Spirit and love. Jesus had such great love that he walked in forgiveness. During our time of fasting, as we begin to walk the path of Jesus' life, we want to walk in forgiveness. So before we go into our fast, we consider that these are the main elements of fasting. Forgiveness, repentance, contrition, worship confession, and reading the Word of God. That is the nucleus of our prayer. Now, the body is ridding itself of toxins as we fast and pray. So we're drinking a lot of water while we're fasting. We are lightening our tank, so to speak. Maybe you're not eating meat, 
Maybe you're going on fruits and vegetables and and no fancy bread and no sweets. Fasting heals the mind, the body. It heals the soul. Fasting without prayer, you're simply on a diet. And we're not on a diet. We are fasting and praying. When we're fasting and praying, we're focusing on God. So we're removing anything that's secular, so to speak, television, you know, newspaper, radio. If it's not about God, we're not listening. The Internet, which is sometimes can just waste time. Whatever we're looking at, our focus has to be on God. Whatever we are hearing, it has to be about God. As we fast, we turn away from the world and we seek him during this time of fasting. Talk with your father, child of God. Tell him, Lord, I want to know this magnificent love that you have for me. I desire to come to a place where we're truly one, to walk with you and to talk with you face to face as Moses did, to know your presence and the desires of your heart. Don't forget that God has desires. Maybe we talk with him. And as we talk with him, we begin to understand the desires of his heart. You know, Jacob wrestled with God And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. God told Jacob, release me. But Jacob said, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob wanted something from God. So he went after God. He was pursuing God. He would not let go until he received the blessing. What did God do? He blessed him by faith. He knew that God could bless him. And place a new anointing upon his life. The relationship that God desires is to know, for us to know that oneness with him. To have our whole heart. Believing that whatever we have need of, that he has it. And that we can take a hold of that by faith through prayer. That's where God wants us positioned. He wants us to pray from a position of victory, knowing that whatever we have need of, it's already done. Then take a step of faith as you pray. Go to the passion. You see, God is in pursuit of you. Right now, even as I am speaking through this message, he is drawing you unto itself. God wants that closer relationship, a relationship of communion. Now, God desires for each of us to have revelation power through Christ Jesus. And the only way we can have insight into circumstances and to have revelation is to be constantly in prayer. We must desire to know Christ above all else. Paul said this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to him in death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying, I want to know him. I want an intimate relationship with him. He wanted to experience the same miracle working power that raised Christ from the dead. God never wants us to be in the dark. He wants to give us prophecy. He wants to enlighten our path. Because he tells his secrets to his friends. This week we walk through the passion of Christ as we fast. We are breaking boundaries. And I'm talking about how to have revelation power to understand this magnificent lover. What is the passion of Christ? 
Many would say it is the period of intense suffering in the life of Christ from the Garden of Gethsemane to the crucifixion. But let's go on to the empty tomb by praying through the passion, the experience of Christ. It takes on new meaning as you fast and pray and visit the scenes of the Bible. Have the same request of the Holy Spirit that Paul had. Touch me, Lord, that I may understand his deep love that would cause a man to lay down his life. What manner of man is this? What love is this? He truly is a magnificent lover. I want to experience the same power of his resurrection and desire to understand his suffering unto death. Now, these kind of prayers cause us to ascend to a unique level and have astounding experiences in prayer. God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you're hoping or asking for. He wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you are even thinking before you ask him by the power of Christ that works in you. My question today is, will you allow him access to the vessel that he may work through you? God wants to set the church on Holy Ghost fire with healing and deliverance, prosperity, and nothing will stop the move of God in your life. If you step into the experience that I am presenting to you today, what if Christ himself were to visit you? I'm telling you, God wants you to know that he really is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Remember Christ visited the disciples after he had raised from the dead. We need to get ready in the last days for phenomenal things, events to happen through our prayer, through you. You will know that anything is possible with God as you learn to fast and pray and to step into another dimension in prayer. As you fast, read Isaiah 58. It gives us specific directions on how to fast correctly, repent and forgive and confess. I always say it's vitally important that we confess our sin out loud, that we go to the Lord in a quiet place and speak to him. It's something about hearing the confession out loud that gives us more power. And when we hear that repentance and that we're not going to commit that same sin. We're not going to do that same thing again. We're not going to go to that same place. We're not going to participate in that same activity again. When we hear that confession out loud, there is power in the spoken word. Now write down the scriptures that you're going to use to fast with before you begin to fast. Write down scriptures about the Holy Spirit and what he does. Then continue visiting the passion Walk through the Kidron Valley with Christ to the Garden of Gethsemane and visit with him in prayer as he agonizes in the garden. And then request of God for revelation, insight, and new understanding of Christ's experience in the garden where he poured out his soul as he was pressed by the weight of the sins of the world. You know, I always say there is no use in going on to Pentecost if we haven't received a crucifix experience, we have to know the power of the resurrection, the power of the empty tomb. You see, because our victory is truly on the third day. 
the Stations of the Cross takes you along the path that is so unique. And you're doing this at a time when there are no Easter bunnies, no rabbits, no eggs, nothing to distract you from the passion of Christ. God is calling the church to a new place today. While I was in Israel, I walked the Stations of the Cross at 4 a.m. down the street of Jerusalem. And it was a cold November morning carrying a heavy wooden cross. It was a phenomenal experience and it causes one's faith to soar. I invite you to visit the stations of the cross in your prayer time. Maybe you can't go to Israel right now, or maybe you've been there and you can reflect on that. But while fasting and praying and worshiping God and seeking him alone in prayer, the Bible says, come ye apart a while because you will never be the same. Paul understood that he had to have a crucifix experience to come into a new relationship and a oneness with God. And that's what he was saying when he wanted to know the power. He wanted to know his suffering and the power of his resurrection. He said, I want to have that experience. The experience renews one's soul and it empowers you. God wants us to walk in an unbroken relationship of communion. John fifteen seven. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. He isn't a far away God, hard to reach in heaven. He's not trying to keep from doing what you're asking him to do. No, that's not it at all. He is a loving father, a wonderful father, and he is a magnificent lover. He loves you so much that he will not even let you out of his sight. What lover loves anyone so much that they never tire of their presence? The lover that loves you, loves you that way. He keeps his eye on you 24 seven and you're never out of his sight. No matter how much one loves another, eventually in our humanness, we want to separate and have just a little personal time, a time alone from that person, but not your father. Oh no, not this Tremendous lover, this magnificent lover. He never takes his eyes off of you 24-7. He wants to see you at all times. He always wants to be in your presence. He wants you to be constantly aware of his love. His eyes are stayed on you. He neither slumbers nor sleeps as he watches over you. If you go down to the pits of hell, the Bible says that he'll be there. And if you ascend to the heights of heaven... He will be there. Paul said, depths, nor heights, nor principality, nothing separates us from the love of God. He is a tremendous lover. As the Holy Spirit dwells within us, he longs to be a part of our entire life. He longs to give us all of his spirit to support us in every way, in everything that we experience. It is God's greatest longing that all of our action on our part, will be according to his will, living in unity with his spirit within us. The unity represents an abiding oneness. This relationship results in tremendous miracle-working power of God. And then we see miracles, signs, and wonders when we pray. The Bible says, with loving kindness have I drawn you. 
you know, my son came to me one day and just out of nowhere, at least I thought it was. And he said to me, he said, when you tell me something, are you always right? I mean, there I am standing, you know, in the kitchen and I'm ironing and he walks up to me and he says, mother, when you tell me something, are you always right? And I said, no, no, son, I'm not. I said, when I tell you something of myself, no, I could be wrong. I said, but when I tell you that the Holy Spirit said that the Lord spoke and he told me to tell you, when I tell you that the Lord said, no, son, I will not be wrong because the Holy Spirit is right 100% of the time. What I tell you is right. What happened, son? And he said, well, you know, this person that I, and I'm seeing, and he called her name, and I said, yes, what about her? He said, oh, it's devastating. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you said that this wouldn't be a good relationship, that the Lord gave you that, that it wouldn't be good for me, and it's not. It's not a good relationship at all. He said, the things that I have discovered that are in her past and right now in her life, he said, it's just not good. This is not a good relationship for me, and I'm going to end this relationship. You know, the devastation in his voice. And he said, you know, the next time you tell me that the Lord's telling you something, I'm going to listen. When we fast and we pray and we stay in communion with God, he give us revelation power. The bond of love brings the fruits of that type of relationship. He has loved us with an everlasting love. Jesus went to the cross and he had you and me and mine. Each of us were in his heart. Our soul's redemption was a motivation for his suffering and his agony. When we understand this love, fear, anxiety, depression, unforgiveness of ourselves and others is cast out. There is no greater love than the love that he has for us. Now, perfect love cast out all fear. He loves us so much that he never wants us to make a mistake. And as we fast and we pray and we draw close to him, I'm telling you, he will give you revelation. You will have insight into circumstances as never before. The eyes, the vision that he will give us, the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. You will give profound advice to others. You will know the path that he has for you and you will be able to walk in the light of his love. Oh my goodness. He's speaking to you right now and he's saying, come close to me for I desire to be close to you. My point is when we live in communion with God and we are constantly in prayer, God speaks, he directs and he protects us. His love is amazing. Jesus passion for us. There is no comparison. Isaiah 45 and two to three says this. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. He's saying, 
I will move everything out of your way. Nothing will be hidden from you. Things that are hidden. The enemy has stored up riches and hidden it in dark places. And he's saying, I will break the brasses of iron and cut through the sunders of these bars and show you hidden treasures in dark places. Oh, my goodness. The Bible says that he gives us the power and creativity for wealth. He said, I'll do anything and everything for you, child of God. Oh, he is that magnificent lover. As you visit the passion of Christ this week and you step into and be submerged in that love, we come to a new understanding. There isn't anything that he won't do for us. And as we pray, we begin then to pray from a position of victory, not to a far off God that's hard to reach, not to a father who's trying to withhold good from us. But we begin to realize I'm praying to a passionate lover, a magnificent lover whose presence, whose eyes is focused on me and wants to give me the desires of my heart. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. 